hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey there, thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, and my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to be listening to the soundtrack to Celeste. Long overdue episode. This is another back-to-back Patreon episode. We had one last week. Patreon suggested topic. We have another one this week. Uh, This is a game that came out, game and soundtrack that came out last year, very critically acclaimed, the music and the game. This is a platformer game that has a lot of emotion and a pretty deep story. And the soundtrack was composed by Lena Rain. Uh, And Lena was actually at MAGFest, and so I was able to go to a a composer's panel with her and a few others, including Christopher Madigan, actually, um, and hear them kind of talk about their experience so it was really interesting uh, seeing I, I'm trying to remember who the third composer was I can't I think he used to work at LucasArts uh, and then there, it was also um, Alexander Brandon so it was a very interesting eclectic mix of composers mm-hmm. uh, and Lena had some interesting things to say about Celeste so yeah this is a long overdue episode a lot of people have been asking us over the past year to, to do the soundtrack and uh, we're glad we can finally do it now yeah I actually um, just telling the truth I, I have listened to very little of this score so I'm excited okay. for for today's episode um, because I'm mm-hmm. coming in a little bit fresh. I've heard one or two pieces, so I know sort of the overall, the the general tone, or I guess, of, mm-hmm. of what I can come to expect. Uh, but based on just listening to that opening prologue track, I think it's really beautiful, and it reminds me... Uh, I don't know, in terms of comparing it to other video game soundtracks, it reminds me of the work of Disaster Piece, and then it also reminds me a little bit of the music to Undertale. Not all the Mm -hmm. tracks, of course, but just sometimes uh, there's certain, the mixture, I guess, of like chip with more contemporary ethereal yes. atmospheric production is something that Toby Fox does also. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel you specifically with Disaster Piece. I think that's a really good comparison. Overall, the sound of Celeste is a little bit more specific. Um, it's basically piano mixed with electronic instruments. And one interesting thing that I've heard Lena say a few different times is she tries to make the case that uh, it's not a chiptune album. People always say it is. Um, And I think her argument is that it's not actually using authentic tools like trackers she she, i think most of the chip like sounds you hear uh was done with with a vst called massive oh right um and so it is a synth vst so i think she's trying to make the case that it's it's just electronic music that's that has a sound and kind of a vibe that's chiptune but it's not authentic chiptune um and i think that makes sense because she combines it so much with with piano well i think the funny thing is a lot of gamers and fans of video game music are more versed in the sounds of of chip hardware than they are in actual synthesizers <laughs> that you know could be. so when they hear electronic music they they might equate it to being chip yeah. music you know so so i listened to this entire soundtrack as soon as it uh it was put up as soon as she put it up on Bandcamp. i think it was back in january of last year um and and really enjoyed it it's a very emotional very atmospheric uh and sensitive soundtrack and this game is a, is a pretty challenging platformer the the protagonist's name is madeline and basically the game is about climbing celeste mountain um and from what i've seen of the gameplay the, the stages kind of remind me a little bit of uh super meat boy um but i think one thing that sets this game apart is the story i've heard a lot of people say that the story is very engaging and and very deep 
Um, and so the music really fits. Uh, pretty interesting soundtrack. Uh, what you guys heard was Prologue. Let's keep going. So we actually picked slightly less tracks than usual. And if you listen, if you go to the soundtrack, you'll probably see why. Is a lot of them are very long. And we thought we would do an experiment today, at least for a few of these tracks. We thought. We would fade in like normal, but then try to talk a little bit more minimally and sparsely as we kind of continue to listen to uh, maybe a longer length of music. So we'll try that out. Let's start things off with First Steps, composed by Lena Rain. First Steps, Celeste. I'm excited. Let's dive in. Long for two episode here. This soundtrack is so unique. It really seems like Lena... Now, I, I don't know exactly... Since so many of these tracks are so long, it's possible that uh, there's specific ways that they are dynamic in the game. And I haven't played the game yet, so I don't know exactly how that works. But one thing that I heard so much in the soundtrack is let's say there's a piece of music that's like nine minutes long. What'll happen is she'll set up an atmosphere in like a very kind of subtle bed that might last for two, three, even four minutes. Mm -hmm. And what's really exciting is eventually when uh, maybe like a beat comes in or a groove comes in. And there is something really powerful about having a long form piece of music and setting your expectations for one thing and then finally having this payoff. Mm -hmm. And that is something that uh, I think she explores quite a bit in the soundtrack. Well, the other thing that I notice is it definitely sounds like the influence of other video games are very present in this score. Mm-hmm. You know, that that right. kind of ostinato is something that I feel like I've heard scores of times throughout video games. And even this sort of, I don't know, this subdued piano melody, it reminds me of something that you might get in like a Chrono Trigger uh, Secret of Mana, you know, SNES RPG type of game. I mean, yeah. it's presented here in a very different way, but it has this piece has sort of the DNA of uh, other video game music. But yeah, it has yeah. this. 
It also, it, it's not like it sounds modern. It's not modern electronic music in the way that um, we were talking about that. Well, this particular track uh, is Xenoblade episode several weeks ago. This has like an 80s retro. Yeah. Like it, it reminds me actually of the music of Stranger Things, which was sort of like imitating John Carpenter and others. Yes, that's a really good point. And there are other pieces of music in the score that almost border on like horror music. And so that's definitely right. true. There's a few different uh, specific synth connotations that I think she conveys there are some tracks that feel more modern electronic um, and so it actually is a little bit more diverse of a soundtrack than you might expect we're going to move on to a piece called Resurrections this is one of my favorites uh, very spooky very atmospheric and this is this does kind of what I was alluding to where this piece is nine minutes 39 seconds and it at, l- at least two minutes, maybe even longer than two minutes, is just this kind of uh, introduction where it's setting up what the what the basic melodic aspects of the song are, and then finally this beat comes in and the energy really amps up. So I'm excited to maybe try out our, our experiment with this track. Let's maybe fade down and then try to listen to most of this track as we kind of discuss what we're hearing in the moment. So uh, this is Resurrections. atmospheric music you guys are listening to resurrections composed by lena rain from celeste and we're going to try something kind of different now this piece is very long and there's a lot of interesting things that happen throughout the entire thing so we're going to try to do maybe like a kind of an audio commentary here as we continue to listen uh maybe kind of limit our discussion um not so much analysis and maybe just just kind of describe what we're hearing so um yeah let's let's try to find a nice balance of levels here what are your thoughts initially, Will, on this? I gotta say, it's very effective. It's it very is. moodful. Uh, I I really like the the mix and the balance of everything. <gasps> I hear something. Uh, ooh. ooh, cool. That's cool. I like those rising arpeggio beds that really gave the track kind of an interesting mood and the way it was panned with the piano. Listen to this drum beat here. It's cool that this uh, is a track that seems to be built in layers. You know, it starts off just with the arpeggio and then the piano enters and then slowly some of the initial elements uh, are lost. And now 
we're we're hearing that piano element and that kind of synth counter melody, that's, but and now also with that, the that drums. really buzzy bass is oh man, that's that's a cool sound. Yeah, the piano sounds really good on this whole soundtrack. I, I don't know if it's a real piano. It kind of sounds like it is. Yeah. Um, I noticed later on in the score, there's like some kind of sounds, these little percussive sounds or like pedal sounds. So I think it might be a real piano. This is, yeah, I, I think this pays off so much when that beat comes in and that really sharp kind of saw bass. Yeah, the chords are very interesting. Of It's a, sort of a... A kind of arpeggiated ostinato idea of just these repeating lines, uh, very minimalist and everything. But the chords that are happening are, I think, kind of interesting. We get some augmented chords, yeah, and then we get some major chords that also have the flat six in there. So it's kind of like augmented and major at the same time. There's a lot of these really interesting, mysterious dissonances. You know what's interesting about this score is I think. It's so it's such a modern score because she's really taking advantage of time and, and building something up mm-hmm. over it like this nine minutes long you wouldn't have that luxury in in earlier generations and and I think that's what is particularly uh, you know powerful about this score is just it the, you know even a single piece of music takes you on a journey like this entire game takes the player on a journey right you know it, this is a piece of music that is less melodically driven and it's more about the arrangement Ooh, what's happening and it's more here? about things are fading okay this almost seems like a new piece yeah the tempo has changed and I'm we have wondering yeah i'm wondering the context if this is you know sometimes composers for the soundtrack release they have to like combine two different um pieces into one track this is cool. I do though. think I do think the crossfade works though. Yeah, it works and really in well. the same key and everything and similar kinds of elements. That synth doing the melody uh has almost like a pan flute kind of Yeah, I really I'm digging it, almost this, like an ocarina. This new theme here. I, I'm wondering if it's gonna come back to the original groove. I'm waiting. Also interesting Can't how remember. rubato this is where the original one is such a steady groove and even has a drum beat that comes in but this yeah. is a little bit more in classical terms they would call it a piacere which is kind of just like freely and just like well you know what you know, stretching i'm actually glad time. you brought that up there is a distinct classical influence on the score i'm pretty sure that lena has a classical background um you know mm-hmm. she's performing the piano as well it should be mentioned um and there's a lot of pieces of music where it feels very authentic kind of beethoven minor key tragic haunting beautiful Sure. Uh, so there's some there's some really good moments to look forward to. All right, I think I think that's a good time to maybe fade down on this one. We had a nice little audio commentary there. We'll we'll try to do that for a few more pieces, a few more of the longer pieces today. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, all right, that was really pretty. That was cool. Let's move on to Spirit of Hospitality. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Spirit of Hospitality. Not the kind of hospitality I would be looking for. This is spooky stuff. Um, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. It kind of gets almost into the horror vibe. Now, this is a little bit more kind of retro and campy as far as the composition. It, it doesn't remind me as much of like that John Carpenter thing. Um, it's a little more kind of over the top. Um, but yeah, this is there's a lot of spooky music on this soundtrack. Yeah, I like that it's a little bit baroque, like it has this kind of polyphony counterpoint. It's not really like a fugue, and there's not really any imitation of of the ideas. They're just sort of separately composed lines that work together in a vague way, but it Mm -hmm. it definitely has classical connotations, and I I, I like the composition. I think there's interesting moments of dissonance and you know resolution and everything that that sound interesting it sound it evokes the classical period without being an outright pastiche I'm i really want to play the this context game. of it you know yeah I've, I've heard amazing things about it and one of the things that like almost everyone says is uh you know the game is really great and the gameplay is, is challenging and, and you know really engaging but the story uh, I think is very emotional and the music really plays a big role. So I can't wait to kind of experience this music in game because I, I have a feeling it's really powerful. Uh, let's move on to the next piece we're going to play. So I think 16 total tracks were playing today. We had to leave out like around four or so. Uh, so most of the soundtrack we're able to focus on today, which is great. Let's take a listen to Scattered and Lost. You guys are listening to Scattered and Lost. Interesting. Very, very, I guess, maybe experimental piece of music. This is composed by Lena Rain from Celeste. Um, I like the first part of it. I really like the mm-hmm. classical part of it, and I like the chords. It, it, yeah, again, it reminds me, me of minimalism in that every chord shift is just about the movement of like one pitch, changing one note to recontextualize the harmony. That's really nice. To me, when like the groove elements start coming in you, and you have like the piano trying to do those syncopated hits, it becomes a little bit corny. I can't explain exactly why. Um, there's just something about it. Also, that's the part when the the fakeness of the piano VST becomes a little <laughs> bit apparent. Yeah. 
um, when you have those sort of like short dun 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 dun, dun it's like very clear that it's not a real piano. Yeah, I agree um, with you. I think that section when the beat came in, um, it was a little bit head scratching for me as well because um, it was kind of jazzy and like kind of fusiony, um, but the actual notes were they felt a little random to me. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that particular section. It's a very interesting piece of music. I can definitely say that. Not really like anything I've ever heard before. Right. Okay, let's move on to, I think, one of the most popular pieces on the soundtrack. This is Golden. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Golden, and this is another um, example where, I, you know, I considered making edits, but I just felt like that really wasn't, that kind of was missing the point of this soundtrack. You know, there's other elements that come in later on. Um, I, I think the next piece of music on our playlist, I would like to try that, um, going back to that kind of commentary method again, because um, that was uh, one of my favorites, the, the, the next track. Um yeah, I did see a lot of people, at least on the band camp, you know, people can list their favorite tracks. And I saw a lot of people that listed that Golden was was their favorite track. Um, very emotional. Um, I, I really do want to play this game so I can understand the context. We, we should mention that one more time. Neither of us have played this game, so we can't really speak to the story and the characters and how this music fits that. We're just kind of listening to this music and Will, you know, kind of listening to it really for the first time, getting his reactions. I have listened to this before. I hadn't, I haven't listened to it for almost a year though. So it's been a long time. Um, and so, yeah, we're just kind of talking about our musical reactions today. What do you think about this? It's very ethereal, very pretty, uh, again, very minimalist, yeah. um, but really good, very well done. And I think I totally understand why someone would have a strong emotional connection to it. Uh, it's not exactly my cup of tea, I guess. It's like, uh, for me, I'm not huge into minimalism and I'm not huge into right. like atmospheric music. 
I I would agree because there's just not as much to digest musically. There's it's a lot about the production and the layering and the slow growth. I would of make something. an argument, and and some people would disagree. I think it is hard once you've played the game and once you have felt that connection. It is hard to separate it. It's hard to separate the experience. But I would say that this type of music, its primary focus um, and goal is to fit the experience. And you could argue all of video game music is that way. It's just trying mm-hmm. to fit the experience. And I think this music does that so well. Uh, it's very but for moodful. me, yeah. uh, just just analyzing or, or listening to it outside of that, yeah, I kind of agree. There's not really as many... Like, I don't really know what to say about this. Like, I think it's really effective and cool. Yeah, I mean, I could describe I don't really everything that's, that's happening. You could describe the nature of the chords. You could describe the nature of the synths and the sounds and the right. atmosphere and the mood that it conveys. But it's kind of self-evident, too, I think. That's true. It does speak for itself. And it is worth mentioning that this is a Patreon-suggested episode, so it wasn't necessarily our idea to, to do this episode, obviously we were familiar with the soundtrack and, and we considered doing an episode on it. But yeah, I don't think this music is necessarily up our alley. It, it's just it's just a really popular soundtrack that I think people are interested in in hearing what we think of it. Um, and we think it's cool. Well, and I think you and I, we like, we like all varieties of music. I mean, I really respect this. I think there's a lot of artistry involved in this soundtrack. And it's not something where it's just kind of seems lazily done or something it's very intentional and it's it's really beautiful it's not so much that we don't like this kind of music it's that it almost feels like we're not as knowledge not knowledgeable but it's i guess not in our wheelhouse you know like well, it's also it's not necessarily music that's apparently a good fit for a podcast like this because a piece of music like this really requires the temporal aspect you need to mm-hmm. listen to it over time right and so if we can only play 30 40 seconds that doesn't give you even a sense of the track where it's like if we're playing a we played more than that sonic yeah. the hedgehog 2 track you know after 30 seconds you've gotten the whole loop so you can talk about the entirety of the melody and the form and everything and then you're hearing it loop in the background with longer form stuff like this i think sometimes we struggle to know how can we adequately comment on an entire thing without just playing it fully right well let's let's go back to uh the method that we tried on resurrections and see what happens this is quiet and falling another one of my favorites from celeste let's take a listen
You guys are listening to Quiet and Falling. All right, back to our commentary, live commentary. You know, we should, you know, those reaction videos are really popular now on YouTube where people like just listen to something and it's just the video of their faces reacting, which I think is kind of silly, but I'm so it's sick basically of that, what honestly. we're doing now in audio form. Um, yeah, one of, one of my favorite tracks, it really sets up, again, it's just a beautiful emotional bed. Uh, and then I can't, I can't remember exactly what this leads to, but I know that there's, there's some interesting things to come. So I'm excited to kind of hear, hear what comes and see, see well, our I take like on it. The Roboto, uh, Ooh, nature of this bigger. track that it's, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. free and flowing and it doesn't, it's not rigidly to a grid. I think that's nice. It's another thing that kind of separates it from older video game music. This uh, arpeggio, again, I mentioned this on the first track, but it feels like of the DNA of game music, just kind of right. like going up to the ninth and that sort of descendy progression. It feels very familiar. It does. Yeah, there's a couple of, of moments it. in this score where it does remind me of Japanese game composers, especially with the chord choices. There was a, recently a, a piano album, arrangements album of Celeste that was released. Is, I get yeah, a sense that that was all intentional, that that is like sort of a part of the game should almost feel like a, a twist on an old idea or kind mm-hmm. of like an echo of something you've heard before. The performance is really beautiful. The, I, I like the way that it sort of slows at the beginning of a phrase. It's very expressive. Interesting synth sound here kind of like a synth choir or something yeah i'm a big fan of the sound of this track too well of all of them like this it's a very pleasing and beautiful sounding soundtrack yeah. uh the 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 choice of tones the mix uh the panning everything i think is really is really lovely and i completely understand why people were so kind of uh, taken away you know that into this other world that synth choir almost seems like Super Nintendo or something I was gonna I was gonna say that yeah I totally get why people thought Ooh, some of this what's stuff happening was here are we music. going underwater <laughs> yeah I, I yeah. will say that this is great background music I remember when I first listened to this I had it on in the background like for an hour as I was I think doing something else and Man, it, it does whisk you away to another world, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's great production. It's really well done. Um, this this might be my favorite, um, it, which is weird. You know, it's 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 very it's so simple, yeah. yeah. But it's but it's it's very moveful. This it was works. this was, I think, one of the tracks that whisked me away more than than almost any other. There there's one track later on that I think maybe has my favorite melody. But yeah, okay. I think I think that's a good amount for this one. Man, that was that was really nice. Let's move on to in the mirror. Here we go.
You guys are listening to In the Mirror, which um, is definitely one of the most atmospheric pieces on, on the soundtrack. This I mean, one really nothing... reminds me of 80s horror, like something yes. you get in Nightmare on Elm Street. This or, is exactly yeah. what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, nothing in the way of a melody so far. There might be one later on. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I still wanted to include this one because it is kind of representative of the overall motion in some ways of the soundtrack. So my my I listened to the score as soon as it came out and then it's been a long time since and over those months for some reason my memory has skewed what I thought the soundtrack was. Sure. And if you asked me like a month ago, "Oh, describe the sound of Celeste." I would say, "Oh, it's like really pretty and a lot of a lot of chiptune elements uh, and very kind of atmospheric and pretty." But I definitely forgot how dark and scary it is and also there's really not a lot of chiptune sounding instruments. There are a couple right. moments where they come in, but it's primarily piano and like ethereal synths. I think what it is is that Disaster Piece does actually use chip sounds to make music that's very similar to this, that's very textural right. and atmospheric. And I think the nature of these compositions feels so much like Disaster Piece that I think that's your true. mind sort of fills in the blanks and just assumes like, oh yeah, yeah, it's chip stuff, but it really yeah. it isn't. You know, uh, this track, I really, I like the mood of it. it it's very uh, frightening. And this seems <laughs> like something that would be at home in a Metroid game. Uh, like, I could see I don't that. know. I'm really curious about, I know a lot of people were disappointed that Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4. They're going to be starting from scratch. But honestly, I'm very dude, excited. About I, that. I have to share this. Uh, it, I had sort of a very surreal experience with that because I actually had a dream that night about Metroid Prime 4. Like, my wow. whole dream was me playing Metroid Prime 4. And I wake up and I check my phone, and my friend Jonathan made this post about Nintendo announcing that Metroid Prime 4 is going to now be developed by Retro Studios. I got chills. It was so weird because it's like, why did I. Why did I dream that? And then the very next day, like, as That's soon creepy. as I wake up, the world is like. It, so I'm excited about it, and I, I, I'm happy. I want them to take as much time because I would rather play a true successor to Metroid Prime than uh, something that <laughs> doesn't hmm. satisfy me. I, I'm fine waiting, you know. Let's move on to a very beautiful piece of music, Madeline and Theo from Celeste.
beautiful. You guys are listening to Madeline and Theo, probably one of my favorite melodies in the game. This is composed by Lena Rain. This is interesting because you're hearing this kind of acoustic guitar virtual instrument. Um, and what I love about it is it's kind of doubling at times the piano. And this track was clearly composed on the piano. And so, you know, and, and also I think that guitar part most likely inputted on some sort of MIDI keyboard. And so hearing this pianoistic composition on the guitars is really great. And, and this is a nice track. This is a nice standout because there's not really any other moments in the game when you hear that sound. And so this definitely clues you in that, okay, this is one of the most prominent themes in the game. Right. Madeline, who's the main character, you know, I assume that Theo is, is some other very important character to her. So, yeah, this right. is... This is really nice. Well, to me, the guitar, it definitely sounded idiomatic. Like, it sounded yeah. like something that would be very playable on a guitar. That's and true. Even the, the, the kind of rolled chords and stuff, the voicings, they were not just kind of root position piano block chords. Like, they right. felt... Um, they, those were the moments that sounded the most convincing. So I think either she has some guitar experience, and maybe it was written on guitar, or she did some research about kind mm-hmm. of how to uh, implement it to make it sound sounds good. Sounds good. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty darn good. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds fake with some of the, the note attacks, but I've definitely heard way worse. This is one of the better instances of a virtual acoustic guitar that I've ever heard. That's a nice theme. One of the strongest melodies. You know, I, I really like the diversity here of the soundtrack because you have moments of uh, powerful melodic uh, emotion and that's what that track the reason why it's so emotional and I think tugs at the heartstrings is because of that melody um, so that's cool uh, let's move on to a piece of music called reflection You guys are listening to Reflection from Celeste, composed by Lena Rain. This is another track that is a very good embodiment of what the soundtrack sounds like and feels like. Um, A very interesting sound there, that ethereal synth doubling at many times what the piano is playing. Um, Yeah, I kind of like how she limited herself to really a few different instrument sounds uh it really it was a good idea you know to make this on a budget um but also to get expression and atmosphere uh from that you know it is very minimal style yeah it's a very minimal soundtrack um but the moments of that kind of 
stretching out and when you start to hear things get a little bit bigger they, they just they hit harder than they would if there was this baseline level of loudness and energy and uh-huh. um, you know groove I, I guess I would say right yeah I, I really like the mood I like the production the tone of everything uh, there's certain things that happen in this composition that I'm not a fan of certain uh, surprising okay. harmonic shifts that don't go where uh, is very satisfying to me. It's not necessarily the surprising chords, but it's kind of like when it returns back to the top of the looped progression. I think just I know feels what you a little mean. awkward yeah, or there random. Were, there were definitely a couple of moments. The best way I could describe it, maybe in a simple way, is I felt this momentum that was lost, like the air being let out of a balloon or something. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, that's sort of and, what and I'm And that talking does about. happen a few times in the soundtrack for me where I'm, I'm very captivated from the almost from the beginning of every piece of music and I'm really drawn in and she has an amazing way of of drawing you into something and and because it's so minimal every little detail you're kind of on you know on pins and needles waiting for but there are some moments when the momentum uh, goes away or you're you are kind of let down by where you think it could go maybe where it is, is gonna go and then when it doesn't yeah, or when me, it goes somewhere big, else. The big problem is... I want that to not be the last chord in the form because that doesn't sure. lead into the first chord very well. It's a problem that I have with a lot I of minimalist you. music where it's like when you have this looping chord progression that doesn't functionally tie back into itself, it just yeah. gets kind of upsetting and a little annoying. Um and I think sometimes maybe it's like an intentional way of subverting expectations. And the idea mm-hmm. is if you repeat it enough, you get used to it. But it just, I don't know, it feels I think awkward it's, to me. It's annoying to you. And, and I guess I would agree maybe to me as well. But it is definitely possible that there's a lot of people that would not have that issue with it at all. So that, and that should be mentioned. Well, I mean, it's just like anything. I, all music is subjective. I'm sure there's lots of things I really enjoy that other people don't enjoy. That's right. sort of a given. But I mean, I, I that that's not evident in every piece in this track but or at every piece in this score rather but just yeah there's certain elements about this one that i don't know I, I, all in all i wouldn't say that it's one of my favorites uh it almost takes me there it has a lot of promise and and that initial little kernel is really interesting and, and like i yeah. said i was captivated at the very beginning but i, I guess overall i kind of wanted this track to maybe go to some different places than it ended up going um, but, you know, it's possible that wouldn't have been fitting. <laughs> well, yeah, I think so much of this music is very loopy, is very much just vamping on a chord progression, which, mm-hmm. again, that's an entire style in and of itself. It's like a big part of composers like Philip Glass, you know, what they're all about. Right. But I think the key to really good music in that style is finding something so ap- appealing and simple and elemental that you really enjoy hearing the cycling through everything and as the ideas develop. And I think a lot of this music has that feeling. I mean, I think that Mm -hmm. quiet and falling, uh, has that feeling for me, even that track golden. Um, but this is one where like almost every time within the form, there's like this awkward moment to me. Yeah. We should think about, I have no idea what, uh, I didn't have anything, prepared for track of the week so far my favorites would be resurrections uh and quiet and falling those might be yeah uh, maybe and then that metal and theo is that was nice all right let's move on to i think one of the most popular and beloved pieces of music this is confronting myself from celeste let's take a listen 
You guys are listening to Confronting Myself. Uh, very emotional, interesting vibe on this. Uh, those kind of vocal samples. There's a little more of an ethnic world music feel that you get from this track. Um, definitely a standout. You can tell that this is one of the most important and emotional themes in the game. The synth lead is not what I would have gone with uh, to, to, to match the, the introduction, like what you heard at the beginning of the track, a sense of seriousness and epicness. That synth lead to me is maybe a little bit too snarly and goofy. Um, I'd like to talk overall about some of our impressions. I know we're not done, but um, some of our impressions on the soundtrack. I think I think both of us totally understand and get uh, why people rave and love this this soundtrack and why it could it could be so fitting and powerful in game. I do think that overall it's not really about the compositions. It's not really about the quality of the musical lines. It's more about the whole package and the sense of atmosphere and how she pulls you in and kind of keeps you engaged throughout, you know, nine minutes I, I think that that's kind of the right the yeah goal. it's a very unique sound I mean it's kind of like this is gets back to a point of like uh, the difference I think between Western video game music and Eastern video game music is that sure. with Western video game music oftentimes it seems like it's celebrated because the composer sort of develops a very singular sound in style that right. is like different and creative and everything but the individual musical gestures are not necessarily like something that I would want to, you know, put in the Library of Congress as being like mm -hmm. perfect in the way that like, you know, the, the melody to the Raiders March is, you, you know, like it's not it's not about these discrete about musical ideas. It's like literally the full package, how it was produced, where with mm -hmm. a lot of Japanese video game music. To me, it really is about those ideas. You could hear it in a chiptune presentation. You could hear it with rock guitars. You could hear it with an orchestra. It's about the melody. It's about the chords. It's about every individual element, you know? I think the fact that those old classic tunes have that ability is a bonus, though. I don't think that was ever a goal or an intention. No, um, but I do think it reflects a difference um, in cultural values when it comes to composition. But know, it's just in interesting because I think this is every bit as effective for video game music as anything any any great piece of video game music so yeah it's it's primary job is you know it, i give it a 10 out of 10 for for nailing what it's what it's what its goal is i think um what will's talking about is is definitely a different school a different tradition um and something that is definitely more up our alley and kind of when we think of our favorite things to discuss on the podcast the stuff that really gets our engines revving that's mm -hmm. um definitely a different a different school uh let's move on this is this is a nice piece of music this is <laughs> called little goth i'm not sure if madeline in this game is is the little goth or if there's someone else but uh let's take a listen to little goth from celeste Thank you. 
very simple piece of music. Tragic and beautiful. Solo piano here. Nice change of pace. This is Little Goth from Celeste. There's a couple of other pieces of music uh, that she just went for solo piano. And there's one, I can't remember, it might have been the, the Resurrections theme. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a theme it's Resurrections on. has she, the same similar progression and actually Yeah, but that's not melody. what I was saying. What I was going to say is there's another track on the soundtrack we're not playing that comes, I think, right after that, where it's literally that track in a solo piano arrangement. Sure. So I think this is actually not that theme. It just is very reminiscent of it, I believe. Well, the melody, uh, the ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, is, uh, I, I just went back and checked because I there? was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it, I think so. This is a quote of like a theme or something. So it sounds like there's two, there might be two solo piano pieces of music that, that use that melody. Interesting. Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice or, change of very, pace. At least it's like a transformation of it or something. Um, how does yeah. this feel to you, like coming from, you know, that kind of eclectic combination of, of instruments going just to the piano? Yeah, I think it's effective. I Again, I think it's like one issue that I personally would say that I have with this score is that like sometimes I think it's getting credit for things that are like not that significant. It's like I, this sounds so derivative. Like I feel like I've heard this piece of music a hundred times. This progression, this, classical this kind progression. of melody, this type of like it's so cliche almost. And so for this game to get all this praise is like being so different and so innovative. Well I don't think it's for uh, I definitely this think track. it's doing yeah. yeah but I do think even the electronic stuff like we said like it, it's very reminiscent of like disaster piece or other music which is fine i just think it's not necessarily commensurate Mm. to the level of praise that's been heaped upon this particular score like i do think it's something that works really well but i I don't necessarily get why it's kind of lauded as like one of the best scores of the year or something i I think I do actually, and it's not because of the quality, like I said, it's not because of the actual information we're hearing right now. I think it's how it's used in the game, how it affects the player emotionally. I really do Mm -hmm. think that there's a lot of potential. I haven't even played the game, and my imagination is running wild, and I, I just really understand how this music could affect you in game i think that's why i don't think it's because of the specific compositional choices necessarily and it's tough for us because you know that's all that's all we're able to talk about today yeah, but i do think that is a little bit of sort of a, a cop-out because you could say that about you could any say that about any game yeah game any good soundtrack. soundtrack i mean there's yeah. so many game soundtracks that have music that i'm like yeah it's fine but then if someone says, no, but you have to experience it in the game, to me, it's like the same argument is like, oh, you got to listen to this album while you smoke pot, then it's way better. It's kind of like, well, okay, maybe, but that's a cop out. Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you because I think the true um, masterpieces of video games, like score wise, they do have to go outside of that experience. And I think yeah. all of our favorite stuff, you know, the gravity rushes, the nears, the soundtracks, you know, of recent years that the shovel nights that go outside of that. When you, when you experience the music, you could show it to someone who's never played a video game in their life and they would, and they would be able to, to speak to it and have that reaction. And so I agree well, with you on that. And I do think this has front. that. Like I, I, it's not like this is, there's nothing in, interesting about this music there's lots to listen to and there's a lot of really pretty stuff but again it's like it's vaguely pretty it's just kind of like it has this one mood um and it's 
I don't know. It's, there's not like a, a really exceptional melody or really unique arrangement or mm. there's just, there's nothing about it to me that like I would put it in the top, you know, scores of last year. Or I think it might come back to the fact that it's not in our wheelhouse because I think we are, we can't help it. But when we listen to music, I think a lot of times we look for a specific set of things that someone else might not be looking for. And so if they're getting this emotional response and if they're getting this sense of atmosphere or being whisked away to another world, that might be what they're looking for. And so for them, this might be the best thing they've ever heard. And and I think that's the beautiful thing about music is that everyone looks for a different thing. Mm -hmm. So I think we just need to remember that that's kind of some of the stuff that we look for in music and that we really respond to. And, and so I think for that reason, we're not responding to this as much as some other people may have. I also think it's because we're composers and because we write music that it's that like, is definitely true. Just hearing a chord progression is not going to be enough to make me, you know, just hearing like that's not a piece of music to me. That's like a, engine in a piece of music and that one does have a melody i'm not trying to be overly critical but i just think there are some people that could literally just hear a track that's just arpeggios outlining a very Mm -hmm. simple chord progression and they'd be like isn't this amazing and to me it's like no it's like the feeling i get when i listen to a lot of modern american film music where it's just like it's doing the same thing over and over again there's not really any clear melody there's nothing about this that i would take away and maybe it fits the mood of the film really well i'm sure but it's like i I don't know that's not why i listen to a piece of music you know i hear you let's try one more attempt at our little commentary we're gonna spend a little bit more time discussing what we hear in the next piece of music reach for the summit is reach for the summit uh let's definitely keep this playing and kind of see what what we think as we hear stuff yeah I th- this is another one on Bandcamp that seemed to be one of uh people's favorites this is very beautiful and interesting kind of like a cornucopia of sound i love those arpeggios on the piano and you have some strings here that's kind of a new sound right yeah, interesting modal mixture with some of these mm-hmm. chords. Been hearing that throughout the soundtrack. 
Ooh. Carl, what do you think of this groove? What do you think of the um, percussion layers? Ooh, speaking of percussion, hearing some some new drums and clap sounds, I, I dig it. This is a great example of uh, what I was talking about earlier. It's kind of a prototypical Celeste track where it starts off with this bed of texture and emotion and atmosphere, I guess. And eventually, you know, something yeah. else comes in and, and it, it is a payoff, you know, when you spend two minutes building that up. You didn't have that luxury and you know on the Super Nintendo necessarily. Right. Um, I will say these are the kinds of tracks that I like the most. This is one of my favorites. The most yeah. unique, you know. This is it's really like, cool. Yeah. There's so much to listen to and even if it's not overtly melodic, it's still really interesting, you know. Yeah, th- and it's this, unique. This track is so effective because this track I get the sense that there could be at any moment so much more added to the production, but it's almost like she's this puppet master where she's like waiting and making you wait. And it's like, ooh, like you kind of want like a really big beat to drop and you kind of want, um, you know, this really big moment to happen. And it kind of does, but she has this way of keeping you on the edge of your seat where you just, you're really waiting for for what's going to be added. You know, this piece is 11 minutes long. And oh right. my gosh, check this out. This is exactly what I'm talking about. We have this driving beat. One of the first times in the whole score that we have a beat this consistently backbeat right. oriented. I th- I think it's really cool Very that cool. The sort of electronic was introduced on the piano. Um, that's something that really reminded me of Philip Glass, because that idea of I gotta say this is kind um, of like mechanisms moving or something. This is really uh, this is just kind of coming full circle. Like it's this is a payoff to me because it's like I've listened to so much delicate atmosphere. So to hear this strong backbeat now, um, the strongest groove probably of any track on the score. It's it's a payoff. I, I mean, there, it's an interesting experience, an experiment, uh, I guess I should say, of you know taking this much time to kind of build anticipation and, and mood before you bring something like yeah. this in. This is a really cool score. I, 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 I really understand why people like it. I mean, a lot of it, it reminds me of, do. like, with Undertale, why people were so into it, because there's just so much zany creativity. It's very I, eclectic. Yeah, I mean, there's I a feel, variety of sounds. I feel so different to, like, how I responded to that score, to this score, though. Yeah, I no, but okay, yeah. I've same, same. But, like, I, I, it does have this level of, like, it wasn't produced by, like, a really famous, known composer it's an indie score Um, yeah yeah it's indie and it's also very creative and it also feels like tied into the lineage of game music which is something that i think some disaster piece stuff doesn't really have for me where like this feels like even though it's very western in terms of the construction of all the pieces it's like the chords and the harmonic moments leaning into like the minor ninth kind of a thing it's very Japanese, I guess. It yeah. sounds like JRPG music. So that's the thing that I think really sort of ties everything together is that this doesn't feel like music that's divorced from the sort of tradition of game music. Well, I think that's the track of the week, man. Yeah, I agree. That was really cool. Reach for the summit. Love it. All right, let's move on to Exhale. Let's all exhale after that track.
You guys are listening to Exhale, which is the perfect piece of music to play right after Reach for the Summit. It's the perfect contrast and a great example of the two different sides, maybe, of the soundtrack to Celeste. How minimal and how sparse she gets with the music. And Reach for the Summit, to me, was kind of the apex and maybe the climax um, of energy, maybe, in the soundtrack. Right. Yeah, this is beautiful. I love the progression I like the mood. Again, it sounds very Japanese to me, the progression. Even though the it's very sparse and atmospheric in terms of like there's not like a clear, you know, hummable tune necessarily. There is a melody, but it's just very free and everything. This actually reminds me a lot of like Super Mario Galaxy or something. You know, it's like that kind of atmosphere where the progression feels like 80s kind of like the kind of thing you'd hear in a sonic the hedgehog yeah. game you know or like the end credits in a video game um but it's done with this beautiful sparse piano led atmospheric style and i i like that mixture it reminds me more of something that like a japanese composer would do i agree which is really cool well, I think you're going to really get a kick out of this uh, last piece of music we're going to play other than the play out. It's called My Dearest Friends. And this is one of the tracks that um, uh, I thought had a really nice piano performance. I think this might be a real piano. Again, this is one where I kind of heard some of those pedal sounds and some of those you know, real piano sounds. So this is a very beautiful piece of music. It's My Dearest Friends, composed by Lena Rain. This is my dearest friends. I was very excited to show this to you, Will. I, I knew you were going to really love this. Um, this is a very special piece of music. When that synth came in and doubled that beautiful piano melody, it's, it's like, oh, it's Celeste. You know, we're still... We're still in this well, world. Well, the other cool thing about that is that the it's very freely performed. And yeah. so the fact that the timing is... It's the same exact, MIDI data, really clearly, cool. you know, used for both instruments. It's... It, so maybe that maybe that means that this is a virtual instrument piano. It's it's it sounds great either yeah, way. It sounds, sounds very. It sounds more like an upright piano, um, mm-hmm. which gives it a very like intimate kind of close. It's very sound. possible that you I know, love those really dissonant chord clusters. It's very emotional. She could have just matched that performance exactly and, and inputted that on the synth. Yeah, I love the, the, the really dissonant third chord that it goes to. And yeah, also I love that like, too. But also how it resolves. Yeah, she's like holding down the sustain pedal when mm-hmm. it goes to the next chord. So you hear 
it implies this like sort of dissonant polychord. Yeah, it's this, really this beautiful. This is a great track because it has um, some experimental dissonance and it definitely feels like it's coming from her unique and kind of quirky compositional voice. But it, it's a good balance because she resolves things in a traditional way. Yeah. Um, and it still feels fulfilling. It, it felt very yeah. fulfilling to me. Yeah. Well, and it's all grounded in kind of like more conventional tonal movement, this chromatic stepwise motion, you know? So it's like you you can kind of get away with going a little bit more out there with mm-hmm. the specific chords because the, the structure is very, um, a, a little bit more grounded yeah you know? i mean it, it's clearly a standout track i mean i think looking back on what we played today and we only had to leave out a few tracks luckily um some of my favorites uh, reach for the summit to me is is what i enjoyed the most really loved that resurrections this my dearest friends is is definitely up there as well quiet and falling was was really cool i also really liked exhale exhale was nice yeah well guys we're gonna play you out with heart of the mountain um and just you know not gonna be able to play the whole thing and uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this look at the soundtrack uh coming from people that don't have a lot of experience or knowledge about the game and like we said musically it's not um necessarily in our wheelhouse but we enjoyed it and we definitely have a lot of respect um for lena and also um for everyone who who made this game because it just looks and sounds amazing and i can't wait to actually play it myself will do you know what platforms this is on i don't actually i think it's pc i'm not sure if there's a switch version or not but i don't have a very good pc so i don't know if i can play this yeah, I just bought a new PC, but I kind of don't want to bog it down with lots of games. I'm trying to keep yeah. it just for like music production specifically. Yep, for sure. Well, guys, we had a great time. Uh, we look forward to the next few episodes. We're going to be, you know, we had quite a bit of Patreon stuff lately. And so um, this kind of marks a little bit of a, the end of that. You know, we do have some more scheduled for later this season. But for now, we're going to go back to some topics that we're really excited about. And so hopefully you enjoyed this block uh, we want to thank all of our patrons. This episode was suggested by our patron, Raphael. But we want to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. And we want to thank everyone for leaving some nice iTunes reviews we've gotten recently, some really nice emails and comments. Uh, we've gotten a couple emails from new listeners uh, that are enjoying the show. So if you're new, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, one more time, if you want to join our awesome community on Discord, uh, it's a great it's a great place to talk about uh, sometimes video game music, sometimes just other things. Um, so yeah, uh, let us know if you want an invite to that. Anything else you got at the end, Will? I think uh, that is all for me for this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next several weeks of the podcast. I will say this soundtrack did warm me up. It's brutally cold in Minnesota right now. You may have heard during the episode the heater the heater sounds which um we try to usually keep to a minimum but you know what are we going to do today this soundtrack definitely warmed me up yeah yesterday it, it got down to you know like 28 30 below um, pretty and crazy this is without wind chill with wind chill it's like negative 48 or negative 50 like it's crazy cold record setting colds in minnesota yeah we live in an arctic tundra but luckily we have great music to heat us it's up it's warmer in Ant- it was warmer in antarctica yesterday <laughs> classic all right guys we're gonna play you out with heart of the mountain thank you so much for joining us my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out